Hello everyone, today's episode is going to be centered around bacteria in the body and what it could mean for particular people or particular situations where the bacteria, certain bacteria, become excessive in the body and what conditions follow that. So that would be your acid reflux and such. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back everyone. I'm with Leslie again and we're going to go into a little bit of what the bad bacteria and we're just going to start off with the overall first symptoms that you notice and what Kipro or probiotics can do for you. So first I wanted to go into what exactly is bad bacteria, Leslie? Okay, so your bad bacteria is usually it's bacteria that's taken up real estate that is not beneficial to your body. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily harmful but it doesn't provide any benefits. <clears throat> Typically, ben- bacteria, what we call good bacteria, has benefits to the host, which means that they're helping to break down your food and convert that into nutrition or just simply to break it down to pass it through your system better. So that's, that's all they do? They just break stuff down? To, um, they break stuff. I, I saw somewhere that um, they can make you know, vitamins and stuff like that. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they break the food down and they can make vitamins. Um, Mm -hmm. Kipro actually in the fermentation process does your spectrum of B vitamins. Uh, That's why when people get on it, they feel like they have more energy. The brain fog kind of lifts. That's also part of the healthy oils and fats too that help that brain fog lift. And along with also because of the fiber, it keeps that blood sugar from spiking. It keeps it, you know. Uh, anyway, stay on track here. So it's basically a superfood, right? <laughs> it is. Um, it is actually two superfoods put together. So it's mm. a double, triple food. <laughs> it's basically. And then, so with the bad bacteria, um, what exactly, you said some of them don't take up real estate. So the ones that are truly, you know, negative affecting or negative impacting towards us what exactly do they do is it just the reflux or is it other things it can be a mirage of things um your bad bacteria that are harmful to people is usually more of an imbalance or a sporing bacteria so let's look at h pylori for example h pylori everybody has it in their body And as long as it's in a certain level, it's what we call in control, you know, at low levels. It's not a problem to be there in your body. You don't want to get rid of it completely. Candia is another one. They're beneficial in very small amounts. When, depending upon your diet, you change your diet and those bacteria grow out, grow too large in numbers, now they're going to have issues. How do they, how do they, um, how are they beneficial in their small numbers? Do you know? You know, now I have vaguely gone over that, but mostly people focus on the negative aspects when they get out of numbers. That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. I am not sure on the H. pylori from, uh, gosh, I'm gonna have to look that back up again because I read it just the other day on Candia. That Candia Mm -hmm. actually does have beneficial. Um, aspects to it in small numbers. H. pylori, I, in my um, understanding, it's just there in small numbers. As long as it's small numbers, it's good. 
That's a really good question, Sean. I'm going to have to go back and look that one up. <laughs> no, that's no problem. Um, I wanted to ensure that the audience knew, like, what exactly does H. pylori do when it's in those over, you know, dramatic numbers? When H. pylori gets out of, get when the numbers increase too much, it's going to uh, cause cravings for sugar and bad carbs. Now, I do want to iterate, not all sugar is bad. Not all carbs are bad. Carbs are in fruit and in vegetables, but it's also in dry bread carbs. Your dry mm -hmm. bread carbs are the ones that it really kicks hold. So when you're doing your crackers, your potato chips, your um, uh, taco shells, those are all dry, usually salty carbs, and they're also usually a wheat product. Mm. And that is where most people, your cake, your cookies, your, you know, all of that, when you do too much of that, you're actually feeding those too much. So then at that point, H. pylori will start changing the environment of the stomach. It, uh, everyone has what we call biofilms or mucus lining in the stomach and also in your intestines, your heart, throughout your organs as a protective mechanism. Uh, in the stomach, it's for acid. So they try to change this environment. And once they have broken through that film and the lining in the stomach and they're able to penetrate that lining, now they're going to start, you're going to start having ulcers, which are painful. Um, when you eat certain foods, you're just going to, your stomach's going to hurt. Mm. And if it's left untreated, then it can get worse and turn into acid reflux. Uh, uh. And then from there, so once you reach the acid reflux stage, what's really happening is that your body is, you don't have enough good bacteria to help break down the food that produce the vitamins and the nutrition from the food and to pull that nutrition into your body. It's sitting there and then it's dumping hydrochloric acid in, which is very acidic. And that's going to acerbate the ulcers and the pain that you're having. So when that's done, the food's still sitting in your stomach. It's not passing through. And then it's going to start coming up because when your body breaks, when, when your body sends in the hydrochloric acid, it is there to break down. So that, and if it does it correctly, that food is going to take up less room. If it mm. doesn't break it down correctly, then when the hydrochloric acid, you're going to feel it coming up through your throat. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. When you yeah. feel it coming up through your throat, the first thing you should think of is, oh, well, you know, most people go, oh, well, you know, it's just this or that. No, what you should be thinking is, uh-oh, I'm not digesting my food, my food properly. And the first thing you should do is start looking at your diet and making changes and seeing where you need to be, what's working, what's not working, and definitely get on the 80-20 rule. Which wait, is... wait, wait, wait. So uh, I think we're getting... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Um, One second. So as we know, bad bacteria cause acid reflux in certain conditions. Um, if people have or are struggling with reflux, what do you generally recommend or what do you, yeah, what do you recommend they do about it? Um, well, generally, the first thing I would say is do the 80-20 rule and get on Keepro. <laughs> mm. And I say that because 
Keepro is well balanced. It has your probiotics in it. It also has your fiber in it, has your electrolytes, and has a lot of very sound nutrition to help with this. The, the bacteria numbers are high enough to really go in and help break that food down. I also suggest at least 12 hours of fasting every day. And that's something that I, I don't go off into these crazy things of fasting where, you know, you fast for 18 hours to three days. I think that's a little dramatic. Um, is it beneficial to some? Yes. But overall, if you have breakfast at six o'clock in the morning, have dinner no later than six o'clock at night. That gives your body a 12 hour window to try to digest the rest of your food before you eat another meal. Mm. And actually breakfast is actually breaking fast. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, so that's actually, it sounds science and that's what we should be doing. A lot of people, you know, they're up all night or they're up late and they're munching on stuff and then they have to get up and go to work. So they're trying to eat something, drink coffee, and the body just doesn't have time to get rid of everything, especially if it's very heavy foods, uh, heavy protein foods, or foods that really are devoid of any enzymes. Now, your body mm. does make enzymes, but they're not specific to food. And if your body's always... Precisely. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so we answer the... the... <laughs> Um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I had a question. I lost it. I'm but, sorry. Um, no, no, no. Don't be. It's, <clears throat> uh, do you want to answer like the enzyme one? Do you think that's a good one to answer? See, to me, it all flows together. But at the same time, it, it, everyone has said it's overwhelming for people. Yeah, that's the. Um, hmm. so I think we need to state a problem state a solution and how to work that solution do you think we did that with the um, reflux one think we did I don't know do you can you are you can you go back and listen to it real quick and see if it uh -uh. did or not or no <laughs> Huh? I have to. Um, okay, never I, mind. Yeah, I can only do that on a. You can only pause it and play, right? Right now. No, I can't. I, I can't until it like renders oh. and stuff like that. That's when I can listen to it. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm not sure. I I really do need to get my thoughts organized enough to where I'm, you know, doing that. Here's mm -hmm. a problem. Here's what <laughs> you can try to help. So if we're just doing reflux, maybe now what I'd like to do is ask you the question, since you've got IBD, you know, what did you first notice? What did you ignore? Because I think that is really good information that people need to hear it from someone who's been there, done that. Just like, you know, you guys think I should. I think it's the same way. Yeah. Um, when I first started experiencing like serious, serious reflux, it was during the time that, you know, I was in college, I was already eating late and I would eat at like 12 or one in the morning um, because that was, that was just when I got off of work and when I got everything done and I would just have this bad reflux. And I noticed one thing that was really prevalent was how I felt the next morning. 
and I would feel groggy and tired. I would say I was never a morning person. Like I never knew that was, you know, health or nutrition related until I started eating right again, <laughs> you know? And um, so a lot of those feelings where I was just tired after a meal, but still hungry or just experiencing a lot of reflux after I just ate, um, that's, I, those were all just laughing off, you know? And so I never really took it seriously, especially when I started seeing symptoms of, you know, Crohn's disease. And um, the people around me, even, they were, they just, they didn't, excuse me, they didn't agree. Well, they, not they didn't agree, but they didn't see the problem either. Nobody saw the problem until it got so worse to where I couldn't stand. So that's what it, that's what happened. And then we expect doctors to perform miracles and make us better overnight. Yeah. When really and truly, we do need to take responsibility for our own health. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, yes, there's times when I think we need to go to doctors, but even my generation was raised that, you know, live and do whatever you want to. And then when there's a problem, just go to the doctor. He'll fix it. He'll take care of it. And when they can't, we just blame the doctors. And I think there's a movement now to uh, recognize that what you do put into your body, you are responsible for, you can control. And a Mm -hmm. lot of these things you can prevent. And anything nutritional related, most things bacterial related, you can prevent by keeping those bacteria balanced. We call it harmonizing gut bacteria and digestion, which when you do that, a lot of these bacteria are not going to be able to get out of balance. You're going to do uh, absorb your nutrition and you're going to have the energy and you're not going to feel tired and sluggish. Um, so that yeah, is very that's true. what I noticed actually when I um a little 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 bragging about Kipro here but um <laughs> when I was taking Kipro about a year ago and when I was experiencing those symptoms um I noticed that was one thing I was like I don't know if it's just you know if it's mm-hmm. just placebo or am I why am I feeling so good I told that to my mom and then I just noticed like I was just like I just feel good <laughs> I don't and I still, I was still experiencing, you know, some symptoms. It took a while to get over that hump, but I know it made life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I wasn't experiencing the reflux, and then most of all, I wasn't experiencing the pain that people would say they had. They, they were like, I always have intestinal pain or I always have stomach pain and stuff like that. I never got a chance to experience that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, of course, I You're experienced welcome. it in the hospital, but right. long term, I never experienced that. And I think credit goes to Kipro for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it has really amazed me how many people have come back and said that they had a, a re- acid reflux. And when they first started taking Kipro, it went away. And how many people have all kind of said the same thing? They're, they feel better. They have more energy. They can think better. Um, mm-hmm. And some just, you know, over time just stop doing coffee and just do a Kipro smoothie instead of coffee because the B vitamins give you energy instead of the caffeine, which gives you energy, but it doesn't last all day. And it's a different type of energy. 
Yeah, uh, it's more sustainable, right? Right, right. Your B vitamins are feeding the body, where caffeine is a stimulant. Mm-hmm. And people have gotten so used to hearing stimulant, meaning, oh, that gives you energy. No. Energy production is providing the nutrition to have it naturally. A stimulant is just something that's providing uh, or causing, it's kind of like cause and effect, but it's not providing any positive nutrition. That's why people who do these energy drinks long term, after a while, they, they, it's not working the same. And that's because the body needs the nutrition. The stimulant is using up nutrition. It's not and providing nutrition. Like, it, they're like diuretics most of the time. So yes. the nutrition that you would have had, because, yes. you know, the B vitamins are water soluble. Right. So like you're just getting rid of all that. Right. And wow. and also, you know, I know we're, we're talking about acid reflux, but when you do a lot of diuretics, and I don't think most people realize how many of the drinks that we buy are diuretics. Mm-hmm. Your sodas, your coffee, your tea, even lemon with water, these are all diuretics. Can we go into what diuretics are exactly? Go, yeah, go ahead, Sean. I know you know this one. <laughs> uh, well, basically, I think you would do better. <laughs> explain, I'll try my best. Um, diuretics essentially are, yes, they give you energy, but they also um, increase the amount of water you expel from your body that's why when you certain people drink coffee and stuff like that energy drinks or whatever they have to go to the bathroom and then on top of that they just feel like thirsty again (laughs) and stuff like that and I think that's the whole things around diuretics like that's what people drink so much of it but also, it depletes you of nutrients. And... It does. And depending upon which diuretic you're doing, if it's a soda, you're also mm-hmm. doing a lot more acid in your stomach. Because most of these, mm-hmm. your sodas and your coffees are a pH of about a 2.5, which is pretty low. Uh, a little bit's not going to bother you. But if you're doing it all the time, you're going to start eroding that lining of your stomach. And yes, the, what people don't realize is it's not just nutrients. It's also your electrolytes. And your electrolytes help determine where water goes in the body. So I've seen people that are heavy and the the doctors say, well, you're retaining water and they're doing all these diuretics, but they're not, but they're still bloated with water. That's because they've got too much salt and an imbalance and not enough electrolytes. So Mm. your electrolytes kind of help guide water throughout the body where it's needed. It also helps pull in water into the colon to have a healthy bowel movement. So your diuretics can alone cause constipation. Uh, Mm. Coconut water is one of the things that's very good because it has a lot of electrolytes in it. Too much might give you diarrhea, but a balanced amount is going to help you have a more natural bowel movement along with Kipro, because Kipro does have the fiber, the electrolytes in it, along with the probiotics. That's why I balanced it that way. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Because I actually like this, and I want to um, separate it into a question really quick. Okay. <clears throat> so, basically, what you're saying is that electrolytes help with 
something that's also in Kipro, which is amazing. This is, it's crazy. It's just literally a superfood. Well, as you said, two superfoods in mm-hmm. one. So, um, if people are struggling with you know swollen ankles or whatever, um, and different, just too much water weight, that's a problem of too much it can actually be a problem in a lot of usually it's the lymphatic system or you don't have enough electrolytes and the water or you have pathogens so Mm -hmm. some pathogens follow protein and water follows protein so if you're having leaky gut and your protein's leaking out water follows protein your electrolytes help to balance things out because your body or your blood needs (coughs) electrical charges and you know, a salt and water provide that pathway. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, let's, it's, let's go in more to that. Um, so, proteins <laughs> are in the blood. They Is that well, what it's not so much that it's in. If you're having leaky gut, proteins are going where they're not supposed to throughout mm. the body. Okay. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's leaking out of. So, yes, it can get into the bloodstream where it's not supposed to, along with some pathogens can get in the bloodstream. At least I think that's correct. I might have to go back and double check on that. (coughs) But like C. diff. C. diff diff goes after protein. So that's why they tell people with really bad C. diff not to eat protein. They're trying to starve it out. Well, so... Mm. They eat protein, the pathogen follows the protein, and water follows the protein. Your body's going to try to be expelling all the pathogens. So guess what? Everything's being expelled. Now you're dehydrated, Mm -hmm. you're malnourished, and that's a very dangerous position to be in. Mm -hmm. I mean, diarrhea does kill people. It, it, It has, and it still does. So that's what happens with C. diff in older people. And diarrhea is another symptom of just too much bad bacteria, correct? Yes. It can also be from, if you eat a whole watermelon, you're going to have diarrhea. So (laughs) it's an imbalance. Diarrhea and constipations are ends of extremes. You want to keep your your body balanced in the middle. You don't want to have diarrhea and you don't want to have constipation. Both of them can have some very negative side effects long term or even in the short term. So you want to keep your electrolytes, your nutrition, and what your foods are balanced. I I know I've had one person call me a couple times. She goes, I almost went to the emergency room because my bowels were hurting so bad. I said, go get you some coconut water and drink one a day. And she didn't go to the emergency room. She did the coconut. She said, you know, the next day I felt much better. And she said within, you know, two days, she goes, it didn't hurt at all. And I said, what have you been eating? She goes, well, I went on a business trip. So I had wine. I had coffee. I had tea. And, of course, I do my lemon water, you know, with my meals because that's a healthy thing to do. I said, every one of those are diuretics. What did you do that was not a diuretic? nothing okay now let's look at the food that you were eating and she went through the list and they were all dry carb foods pizza Mm. spaghetti looking at what you're eating and what you're drinking and then you look at constipation a light bulb should go off 
Now, <clears throat> the other thing with constipation, because I actually formulated Kipro for constipation because that's what I suffer. You need five things to have, to be, you know, balanced. You need probiotics, you need water, you need electrolytes, you need healthy oils and fats, and you need fiber. All of these things in the right balance for your body, you will have a healthy bowel movement and you will not be experiencing constipation. So what was, what's the difference? Is it the same electrolytes as, let's say, Gatorade? Um, it has Gatorade. In it. And so there's yes. a difference between that and what would be Kipro? Yes, coconut water coconut and Kipro, which also come from coconut. Everything's, you know, that, the electrolytes are from coconut. Those are natural electrolytes. So your Gatorades mm. and those are not natural electrolytes. People like me who have sugar imbalances, their bodies, when you put coconut water in, it works properly. When I do the Gatorade, it does not work properly. I'm going to the bathroom. For me, Gatorade acts as a diuretic. My body's getting rid of it just like it would a soda. And then I'm thirsty again, so then you drink more. Same thing. When I drink coconut water, I'm not going to the bathroom, and I'm not over drinking. So Gatorade, um, in a way, is working against you when you're in conditions where you're consuming, you know, a lot or you need to replenish what you mm -hmm. lost. In, right. Uh, now, that is for me because like I have issues with hypoglycemia. Now, the Kipro actually helps me keep mm -hmm. uh, my sugar levels balanced. And we've discussed why I even have that. So... You can have hypoglycemia from a calcium deficiency, electrolyte deficiency, bacteria deficiency. All of these things can cause hypoglycemia, which means your blood sugar drops and you're constantly having to eat something um, to, to keep those sugar levels up. Whereas in, diabetic, in diabetics, it's just the opposite. So... You know, mm -hmm. Kipro has the fiber, has the electrolytes, has the probiotics, and these things do help to normalize your blood sugars. Uh, the fatty chains, the fats that are in Kipro and the fiber slows down the digestive system so that you don't have those spikes in your, in your blood sugars. It helps to balance it. I had one question um... It was something I heard you bring up before when we were doing our little <laughs> private talks and stuff. Um, but um, you mentioned how, you know, toothpaste, something that someone uses every day. And you mentioned how our mouth has bad bacteria and good bacteria in it. And how uh, toothpaste can interfere with that. Right. Toothpaste and your... Excuse me. Toothpaste and your Listerine, your scopes, your mouthwashes, your mouthwashes especially, they are designed to kill the bad bacteria. Well, it kills all bacteria. Bad. Your toothpaste has fluoride in it and a few other chemicals, which are going to help to kind of kill off some of the bad bacteria. And most of us are not doing fermented foods, so we're not really getting the good bacteria back into the mouth. So your mouth is your very first line of defense against 
any kind of pathogen, you know, pathogens. You look at where we're at with this whole, you know, COVID deal, and they're telling you cover your mouth, keep it out of your mouth. Well, when you have good bacteria in your mouth, that's your very first line of defense. If it gets past that, then it's going to go into your throat and down to your stomach. So when you have good bacteria in your mouth, that's going to help eliminate your uh, gum disease, cavities, and things like this. So it, it's just, it's something mm -hmm. that you, when you go back and look at, um, uh, uh, when you go back and look at the ancient people that sciences have studied that did fermented foods on a daily basis, they did not have gum disease. They did not have bone issues. They did not have osteoporosis. They did not have cavities. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Weston A. Price, the um, he basically went around to all these third world countries and tribes and whatnot, and he noticed that they didn't have the same gum or mouth diseases that we suffer from in America, and so... It must be right, and even that. scientists, when they go back to the uh, the people that first were doing what now is called kefir, uh, back in the, they all start mm -hmm. in the Caspian Mountains, the cold weather, where you know kefir originated from. When they dug up, when archaeologists dug up these people, they had all their teeth. They didn't have gum disease. They didn't have mm -hmm. bone deterioration. And that is because they had a healthy mouth of bacteria. That's crazy. And I I remember, well, I, I didn't, um, the teacher didn't directly tell me about this, but I discovered Kefir when I was, not Kefir, <laughs> I discovered Kefir when I was little and I was learning about, um, it was one of the wars, one of the world wars, I believe, that um, Russia was involved with. I think it was World War II. And um, they would say how the Russian troops, they would have kefir with them and they didn't suffer from the same infections and diseases that would occur from their enemies or even some of their allies like us if we went to go assist them. They didn't suffer from the same um, problems and they were like, oh, these Russians are so tough. But it, I believe it was most likely the kefir that was helping them so much. Um, survive these uh, infections. And, yes, and it whatnot. is the fact that they were one, they're already from a cold climate and then you're taking Americans that may or may not used to mm -hmm. the cold climates. But yes, the uh, key fur has always been um, <coughs> excuse me, key fur has always uh, had the side effects if you want or the benefits, I think benefits is a better word, of being able to build mm -hmm. up the bodies or helps. It's one of the things that helps build up your immune system to fight off pathogens like the flus and the colds and these things and whatnots. Uh, so yes, people who do fermented dairies um, like kefir or kepro, you're, most of them do not, once they do it on a regular basis, let me clarify that. If you're doing it on a regular basis, you're generally not going to experience the seasonal allergies or colds that you would have experienced, right? And That's I can't amazing. tell you how many people have said, I didn't have my allergies this year, or I haven't been sick since I've been on it. So there is a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. And it's just simply your gut, having a healthy gut helps your overall body, which helps you have a healthy immune system. 
it also just gives you a better quality of life. You see some people go around and complaining, but they don't want to do anything to have that better quality. And then you have people that go, oh, if I do this, I have better quality. They're on it. (laughs) So the best thing you can do is Mm -hmm. love yourself enough to know that you're worth taking care of your body, which that is taking care of your gut health. And that's why on the bag it says harmonizing gut bacteria and digestion. When your body is, has harmonized gut bacteria and digestion, you're going to feel better. You're going to have the energy to go deal with life and not be troubled with symptoms. And that's, <clears throat> I remember a quote, I think, I believe it was from um, mm-hmm. Hippocrates. Yeah, it is. I don't know. <laughs> I got it a is. horse in my throat it's now. Not, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and he says all disease begins in the gut. So um, I love how you worded, you know, if you love yourself enough, you will take care of your gut. And that's the thing. Like doctors, most of the time, they're just going off of like, you know, speculation and stuff. You know what's happening in your body. And if you can correct that issue or you can, you know, detail that, correctly to your doctor exactly what's going on and stuff like that then you can avoid a lot of these diseases um that that were just basically engineered (laughs) in this modern time yeah i don't think nobody hmm. in the food industry anybody said hey, you know what, if we make this, they're going to have stomach issues. No, that's that's not true at all. But they did make foods to where they knew that if you ate it enough, you would have cravings. <laughs> um, so we, we'll kind of just, you know, <clears throat> hit on that very wow. lightly. So your, your overabundance of eating <laughs> chips, ice cream, cakes, cookies, we know that sugar <clears throat> has an addictive quality. So most Part of it is the sugar itself has an addictive quality because it's euphoric. It makes you happy, gives you energy, puts you in a good frame of mind. But then it also, if you eat too much of it, it's going to, your gut bacteria is going to become unbalanced to where you have more. They're going to cause the food cravings for. Hello. So the idea is just to keep. We call it. Okay. You broke up, Miss. Uh, um, right, is that better now or no okay yeah i saw something something yeah. red flash across there for a second not sure what it was all right where was i <laughs> okay Sorry. i don't even know like you, when you started breaking up it was <laughs> okay um but it's fine it's fine i, I wanted to sure. take the time to circle back and we'll even leave this in here because I, I just feel like it's fine. Like we had a great conversation, but I wanted to make sure to circle back around because you also told me when we were comparing Kipro and Kiefer that Kipro is not, it's basically the same thing, but Kipro is in what what I was receiving from you is more well, potent they- than Kipro. <clears throat> You have a lot of different fermented dairy products. You have cheese. You have yogurt. You have uh, kefir. You have a lot of different ones. You have sour cream, curds and whey. Some, Mm -hmm. what we've done with Kipro is that we are looking for a very certain spectrum of high level of probiotics. 
and we are taking it right at what we can determine to be the top end of the highest of those, which means that you're, and then we're, we're, you know, drying it out to, to preserve those high numbers. Whereas with kefir, you have, you know, a, cur- a bell curve. So they start off and they grow, grow, grow. And then you have this point where they cannot grow anymore. And then they start to die off. You know, the numbers go down. So we have basically have mm. a product that is, you know, a fermented dairy product, but we're watching it more. We're, we're not literally trying to get any specific type of fermented dairy. We're just trying to get those numbers of beneficial bacteria as much as we can along with preserving all the natural nutrition within the fermented dairy and the coconut. Mm. So it's, it is a very targeted specification, you know, specifications (coughs) that is, sorry, proprietary to Kefro. So basically we're just taking two superfoods. One is fermented dairy and coconut, but it is in the proper proportions properly done. <coughs> Excuse me. Because um, not mm. all coconut is created equal, just like not all dairy is created equal. So we're taking the time to make sure we use very good quality ingredients and that we allow these processes that need to be done the time to do them correctly without taking shortcuts. Is that way too far long? Sorry. Okay. No. Um. I I think this is. Um. <clears throat> well, we both got like. It's the rain. Throat. I think. <clears throat> it's been. That sucks. Um. Okay. I think this is a good stopping point. <clears throat> but um. The, like I think the answers were amazing, and I think the audience will be very receptive to what we awesome. had to say this episode. Um, next episode, uh, Becky, as, as for those who don't know, Becky is a colleague of ours. Um, she, one of her first questions was, you know, plant the whole thing around. I, I wanted to re-answer this with the whole thing around plant-based meat and real meat, but I wanted to go over that next episode. Um, and so <clears throat> today, <laughs> I think we've answered a significant amount of stuff. And um, well, no, I just think that I hope that people who have suffered from reflux acid will actually start to evaluate what's going on with them, pay attention to it, and understand that it is important. Mm-hmm. When you start to experience systems, this is your body's way of saying, hey, pay attention, do something, I'm in distress, I need help. Uh, so pay attention to your body um, and try to make changes and adjustments or at least try to learn more. Listen to our podcast <laughs> where we can help you or get a hold of, mm-hmm. you know, a key pro specialist that can possibly help you with these issues as well. Um, message key pro. <laughs> if you're that desperate, just message us. <laughs> you're on Instagram. Uh, key pro your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, build a better and you. <laughs> basically is right. what we're trying uh, to if you, and then we also have the website the not website we have the Facebook group 
support group, which is building a better you, you know, building, yeah, building a better you naturally. And that's just, you know, natural foods mm. just help and do so much. So that's kind of it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, for those who've listened this far in, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye.